All right. Good morning, Christ Church. Good to be with you this morning. I want to extend a special welcome to all of you who are joining us in the upper room this morning. God bless you as you are experiencing worship for the very first time on a Sunday morning up there. Uh, we trust and pray that the word will continue to be powerful as it moves up in that room as much as it moves in this space as well. From now on, we'll be running a service down here at 9.15 as per usual, and there will also be an added service upstairs at 9.15 in that upper room. It's got its own unique flavor, own unique style of worship. I want to invite you to check that out in the weeks yet to come. So if you haven't figured it out by now, upper room, hopefully you have a seat somewhere and you're going to pay attention because we're diving into the sermon. Let's do that, shall we? All right. We are in the uh, sermon series, uh, Miracle of Mercy. I'm sorry, I shouldn't introduce myself. If you're a guest with us, welcome. I'm Pastor Andrew. I'm one of the pastors here. And we're in a sermon series called The Miracle of Mercy. And we have been studying just these last two weeks and again this week, and we'll continue on until Easter. Because this time that we set aside before Easter is a really special time for us as a Christian people. Uh, If you're a Christian and you've been practicing uh, your faith for some time, you might have bumped into the word Lent before. Lent are those weeks leading up to Easter where we as Christians give special uh, amount of um, focus, a clarity to our lives as we kind of prepare our hearts for walking through the experience of remembering the Easter story of Christ's death on the cross and then resurrection Easter Sunday. And so we're in that period right now of preparing ourselves for walking once again with Jesus to the tomb and then to his resurrection. And the way that we're choosing to do that as a church body right now is by studying the word mercy, trying to see and understand and know more fully more about God's mercy. And today, hopefully, we'll begin to see how God's mercy begins to manifest itself and relate to us as well. As we begin this conversation around mercy, just a reminder, the way that we're describing the word mercy, the way that we're using that word, is mercy is love in action. We talked about this two weeks ago. Love in action. That's how we're defining mercy. The beauty is that God's love in action spans such a wide spectrum of experiences in people's lives that that, that it becomes hard to grab one word to define or catch all the various ways God is at work in our lives and in our world. And so the way that we've done that is by holding on to the word Mercy, that God's love in action across all of our stories leads us to know God as merciful. God is a God whose love is in action, and we describe that as mercy. Now, what's important for this morning is that we begin to talk about not only mercy, but mercy in relation to hurt and the hurting. Is it fair to say that there's a lot of hurt? in people's lives and in this world. Fair to say? Yeah. Y'all watch the news? A lot of hurt. Look in the mirror? Probably some hurt. There's a lot of hurt that is a part of our world and our reality of our own personal lives. Mercy, mercy helps hurting people. 
That's what we're talking about today. In order to do that, we are going to read a specific passage and study very specifically from one part of the Bible. We're going to be looking at one of the Gospels, the Gospel of Matthew. It's in the New part, uh, the New Testament, the, the back part of the Bible. It has to do with Jesus. Uh, Jesus is born at this point in time. He has done ministry at this point in time. And uh, we're going to look at one of his specific teachings. You can uh, listen as I read. You can bring it up on your phone. There's also on the back sheet of your uh, half sheet. It's on the back of your half sheet if you want to read along. But this is Jesus. It's red print. This is Jesus talking. And it's a bit of a challenging uh, conversation that he's in and an interesting teaching that he submits that relates to mercy and hurting people. This is what he says beginning Matthew the 31st verse in the 25th chapter, 2531. But when the Son of Man comes in glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence, and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He'll place the sheep at his right hand, the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when? When did we ever see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink, or a stranger and show you hospitality, or naked and gave you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Then the king will Turn to those on the left and say, Away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire, prepared for devil and demons. For I was hungry, and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty, you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger, and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked, and you didn't give me clothing. I was sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you? And he will answer, I tell you the truth. When you refuse to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you are refusing to help me. And then they will go away into the eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. That's what we're going to be talking about today. I want to invite you not to get distracted. There's a lot that could be talked about in relation to this specific story in teaching, okay? I don't want to get distracted. We're going to focus. Can you do that with me? Y'all going to focus with me? Because there could be a lot of different directions. Y'all can feel them pulling at you right now that you could go in. But we're going to stay focused. And specifically, what I want you to begin to see in the text, what I want you to realize in the text, is that there are a lot of different types of hurt. Did you notice that? You see, just as the word mercy tries to capture the reality that there are many ways in which God loves, this text, this word, helps us see and begin to realize and understand there are many different ways in which people hurt. Everything from being thirsty, 
needing a cold cup of water, to being naked, to being sick, to being in prison. Just as God's love manifests itself in many ways, hurt in our world and in our lives manifests itself in many ways. It's important to note that the hurt here ranges from something simple, like hunger or thirst, something we probably all have experienced, to something a little bit more, I don't have quite the right word, drastic prison. You see, there's a danger here that this is actually warning us against. One of the clever things that that Jesus is doing here is getting us to see that there is a range of hurt uh, that exists in our world, and that all of that hurt whether it be something small and simple like being thirsty or something more drastic like being in prison, all of that hurt matters. Whatever hurt you've gone through, whatever hurt you've experienced, it matters. There there is no scale that he leaves out here. It's not like he's saying, okay, only the hurt that has to do with sickness, death, and dying in prison where only that hurt matters. No, 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 no. Jesus is saying, look, hurt exists in this world, whether it be something small and simple, or whether it be something a bit more obvious, a bit more drastic in the nature in which we feel it and experience it. But all hurt across the entire spectrum matters in people's lives. The reason this is important specifically for us in this conversation around helping those who are hurting is that sometimes we in our brokenness, in our own hurt, will weigh up different people's hurts. We'll say, my hurt is bigger than your hurt, or that person's hurt is bigger than this person's hurt. We will actually put hurt on a scale and say that one is more valuable than another. The scriptures are blowing this up right out front, saying, look, all hurt matters. And God is invested and involved with all people regardless of the hurt. And we are not supposed to weigh up and say, well, I will only help this person because of the nature of this type of hurt. No. The examples that Christ gives spans all the various types of hurt. The reason that this also becomes important, to notice the way in which Christ includes all areas of hurt, is because of this major theological point. We're going to get a little theological on you. Ready? The holy, that is God. The holy, God. God himself, the divine, the perfect, the holy, the almighty. God the Holy embraces and is close to the hurt. Those who are experiencing pain, those who are experiencing suffering, those who are hurting. God is not a distant God. God is not a God who's very far away. Sometimes we get trapped into that line of thinking that God is in this heaven, and that heaven is like somewhere out there. We always look up when we talk about heaven. He's up there somewhere on some big throne. And there's a lot of distance between here and there. This scripture would challenge that. This scripture would say, no, 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 no. See, 
God, the Holy One, the Perfect One, actually cares about and is so invested in the lives of those who are hurting that He will actually step down from His throne and live among His people, the hurting people. That He so cares about those who are oppressed and experiencing pain that He will come and be part of their world. He did this in the person of... Jesus. That in the person of Jesus Christ, we see the holy, divine God coming close to our broken, hurting world. God is close to those who are hurting. Intimately close. In fact, He is so close that He Himself identifies with hurting people. Did you notice that in the text? He's so close to you when you are hurting, when you're experiencing hurt. He's so close to you that in the scriptures, it even says that when when we receive help in our hurt state, that the person who is helping is, it is as if they are helping Christ himself. I tell you the truth, whenever you did this, one of these good actions, these helping things to the least of my brothers and sisters, someone who was in need and who was hurting, you did it to me. That means Christ is with, in, among hurting people. Regardless of what type of hurt you are experiencing, Christ is with you in that hurt. Now, it is often hard to see that. It is often hard to feel that. It is hard to believe that. Because we rely on our senses so much, or what we can see, what we can feel, what we can touch. And yet, here we have the promise, Christ is with us as we hurt. Christ cares about you and your hurt. And He's close to you, so very close that He would identify with you in your hurt. He's not a perfect God who stays away from your pain. He enters into your pain with you. He knows what it's like to lose a friend and to grieve. He knows what it's like to feel nervous He he knows what it's like to struggle with identity, and he knows what it's like to lose a child. He knows what it's like to be part of our world that has war and famine and darkness and suffering and mean words and judgment. He knows and understands because he is with us. Emmanuel, God with us in our hurt. So deeply and to such an extent that he himself would identify with us saying that whenever the least of the brothers or sisters has something helpful done unto them, it is as if they are doing it unto Christ Himself. Now, inasmuch as we struggle to see God in our hurt, inasmuch as we struggle to, to feel Him and to know Him, we often look around and say, God, where are you in all of this? I am hurting. I am experiencing pain but I don't experience you right now. How does God respond to that? How does God make His mercy manifest in the lives of hurting people who are so used to and accustomed to sight, touch, taste, smell? How does God get fleshy and concrete with us when we're hurting? The answer? His people. You. Christians, we Christians 
who embrace Christ and have been embraced by Christ, we embody God's mercy to hurting people. When you show up and you help someone who is hurting, you are being the conduit through which that person can experience God's mercy. We have a saying, sometimes we use it around here, God saves people through people. God heals people through people, forgives people through people. God works through people because we are his body. There's another part of scripture that would describe the church as the body. We are hands and feet, tangible experiences and expressions of God's will and work in this world. This means wherever you go, we have that saying, I am Christ church. You guys know that one, right? The, the t-shirts, I am Christ church. It's real. Wherever you go, you are the church. And that means you are an ambassador for God. You are a manifestation of the kingdom of heaven. And you bring with you God's work in this world. And so, when it comes to hurting people, the way God brings mercy to hurting people is through you, your actions, your words, your generosity. God works through you to help those who are hurting. Why? Why should we as Christians help those who are hurting? Why should we bother? It sounds really nice, Pastor Andrew, but why do I really even care? Yes, it sounds super neat to be like God's hands and feet in this world. That sounds like something out of a 90s song. But like, really, why should I be helping people? The answer is also felt and found in our text. It's found in the scriptures. We help people as Christians. We are moved and called to be God's mercy in this world because of our faith, because of our understanding of who God is, because of our hope and our intentionality of living into the heaven that God is bringing about. You see, our help is related to deeply and intrinsically, our future heaven. Our help is related to our calling to the heaven that God is preparing for us. We help people because of the faith that we have in God's coming kingdom. You see, we have faith. We have this relationship with God. We have this understanding with God because when we were hurt... God came to us through other Christians. God came to us and he preached the gospel and he worked in our lives and he did some incredible, transformative, life-changing things in us as Christians. And now our hope, our future is secure in heaven. Our, our trust, our identity, that which we, we look to, that which, we, which dictates our thoughts and our actions is all oriented towards our Savior, Jesus Christ, and the heaven that He has won for us. And as a result, then, we are compelled to help others. We do not help people 
because they deserve it. That's humanism. We are not humanitarians. We don't think that humanity is, is, is saved through humanity in and of itself. Humanity isn't even worth saving. And yet God, out of His love for humanity, love for you, chose to save people. He chose you to love you and forgive you and adopt you and bring you into His family and prepare heaven for you. He wants you to be a part of His world and His future. We, we, we acknowledge that we are broken. We acknowledge that we, 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 we have issues. We are hurting and we cause hurt to others. We are both victims and perpetrators of brokenness and pain and suffering in this world. The gospel is that even though we don't deserve it, God chose to draw close to the hurt and chose to save the hurting people. Save you. To forgive you. That's why we call it good news. And so we choose to help others because God chose to help us. We choose to help others because we genuinely believe in what God has done and is yet still doing. This is why when you again look at the scriptures... It all, this whole conversation happens within the context of God's coming kingdom in heaven. The king will say to those on the right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. Inherit that which has been promised to you. And thus, we help people, hurting people. We help people as Christians. Because God first helped us. And so we seek to embody God's mercy into the lives of people who are hurting, even as we still hurt ourselves. Because we want them to know the same joy and satisfaction of the coming heaven that has been prepared for each one of us. That's why we help. Now, unfortunately, the reality is more often than not, we get stuck on the question, not why, but how. How do I help? I hear this all the time. How? How do I help? How do I really help the person who's stranded on the side of the road as I'm flying by at 70 miles an hour? How do I help my brother or sister or family member who comes to me asking me for money? How do I help my kid who's really screwing things up? How? How do I help this person who came into my office with tears on their face and I don't know what to say? I don't know what to... How? What do I do? How do I help someone who is hurting? I'm afraid there is not enough time for me to go through every single one of those situations. Because like we said in the beginning, there's all types of hurt, which means there's all types of situations and all types of people. The answer is complicated. I don't know. I can't give you a clean-cut answer to say in every situation, this is what you do. But I will say this. 
even as it is complicated, we are still called to help. See, sometimes we can spend so much time getting wound up on the how, not knowing how to help, that we end up not helping. We end up stalling out so much so that the opportunity to help misses and goes by. The Bible warns us against that. It says, look, we are compelled to help because we have been helped by God. We now help others, and in doing so, bring God to others. And so don't miss the chance. Don't miss the opportunity because God wants you to be a part of that. And if you do push it off, and if you do miss the opportunity, man, that says something about your faith. That says something about your kingdom of heaven perspective. When we choose not to help someone, we are denying the help that has been given us. We're saying we don't believe anymore in God's willingness and God's reality, God's coming heaven, and the fact that God has helped us. We're denying all of that when we don't help. And sometimes we can get so wound up over not knowing how to help that we end up not helping. And as a result, our faith suffers. It begins to diminish. It begins to shrink. And eventually, as we make a habit of not helping, it disappears. Faith altogether disappears. Our heaven perspective disappears because that's why we help and so if we don't help and practice it we begin to lose it the bible warns us remember he said yeah when did i not help you there are a bunch of people who are like what are you talking about what do you mean how can this even be it's because i tell you the truth when you refuse to help the least of these my brothers and sisters you're refusing to help me when, when, when you rejected helping others and being my love to them you began to reject my love for you So take it seriously, helping others. This much I can say about helping others. The the how, how do I I help them? One thing I will say, it's concrete. Helping someone is not just good intentions and good thoughts being wished their way. Helping people, regardless of the finer details and the situations that you are in, it is concrete. Jesus actually received drink. The stranger actually received a welcome into a home. There was clothing that was given to the naked. There was help and visitation given to the sick and those in prison. When you help people, it is a concrete, actionable, real thing. It is mercy. Love in action. Concrete. Not just good thoughts. Well intentions. We as Christians step in into places and situations that others don't even, they get too nervous. They're worried about enabling someone. They're worried about, you know, how do I navigate this situation? What about safety? Those are all valid. Those are all true. Those are all situational. And... We as Christians choose to step into those messy situations, often without clear answers and without even a clear understanding of how we can best help. We still choose to step into it. 
and concretely act. Because ultimately, it is about, once again, Jesus Christ and our faith. Helping people is ultimately about the crucified Christ who helped us. That's why the scriptures, again, will say it, it frames this entire teaching, this entire word, it frames it with the promise and the hope of heaven that when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit upon his glorious throne. Here's what I my hope that you take away from this morning. You, my prayer is that you will know and understand that God loves you and has chosen to help you. And he prepares heaven for you. And now you have the opportunity, the calling, to go and bring that same help, that same heaven, into the lives of others. Specifically, those who are hurting. In doing so, you will bring God's mercy into the lives of hurting people. Let's close with a word of prayer. Gracious God, we give you thanks that in your grace and in your mercy, you would choose to help us. That you would step down into our world and into our lives and draw close to us. And be close to us in such a way that whatever our hurt is, whether it is something as simple as being thirsty or something more uh, drastic as being in prison or sick or grieving and death, Lord, your grace and your companionship covers the full spectrum of hurt and pain in our lives. Thank you for being with us in our hurt and choosing out of love to act, to bring life change, to bring healing, to bring hope, and to call us into the heaven that you are yet preparing. Thank you for the help that you have brought into the lives of those gathered here this morning. We pray that we would now be ambassadors and embody your mercy and help into the lives of those around us who are hurting, our family, our co-workers, our community, that we would indeed manifest your mercy in the lives of those around us. May our faith, the hope of a coming heaven, be that which spurs us on evermore to bring your mercy into this world. Empower us now. Continue to love us and guide us with your grace. It's in your name we pray. Amen.